0: Shirts in on Panthers, rain throwing Cromwells and AA on Panthers, moving the chaos that first checks spring. These are a few of those ASL things. Mm-hmm. Chapters and chapters of tables and rules. Ultimate war game knows with bombs under And seeming see one Of size, size, green Roller our urban Cross streets, and quick dashes When playing night dream Remember, gone flashes Winter offenses That last throughout spring These are up here, love, old Five breaks when my love stinks when I'm rolling there. I simply remember bad. those AF things and then I
1: Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated 100%. I'm going to say that with confidence. It's up to Adam. The greatest (laughs) greatest game in the world, (laughs) Squad Leader. I'm Jeff. Ultra. I'm Dave. And this is. I'm Adam
2: from Australia.
1: Adam from Australia. Not to be confused with all the Adams from all those other places.
2: That's right. There's only one. We're
1: we're really glad to have you on the show, Adam. This is a real great uh, pleasure.
2: It's uh, an honor to be invited. Uh, As I was saying before, I've listened from the very first episode, um, and I've loved every minute.
1: Well, that's really nice. That that shows great dedication to a great game, and uh, we're flattered to be part of it. So, uh, yeah, so... um, from australia so what time right now it's about seven around seven o'clock in chicago Illinois. Anyway, what time is it where you are
2: just after 10 a.m
1: okay so where are you in australia ish
2: i'm in canberra. canberra okay and we've He's got a, a local games club and i've got a game tonight just 10 minutes from home
3: oh, oh no oh. kidding well, then we don't want to hold you up that's been great talking <laughs> to you Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> roll low and rally well yes
0: that's right <laughs> So Thanks tell, for how, having me.
1: Yeah, tell us how you how did you get into uh, ASL and gaming and that kind of thing.
2: Well, uh, like most um, people on the show, it's a, a bit of a long story, but I'll keep it brief. Um, when I was eight, nine, ten, early teens, I loved playing with little toy soldiers one mm-hmm. one thirty fifth scale, um, and that moved on to one seventy six, one seventy second scale, and then model tanks and model planes. But I'm a person, even back then, who liked uh, structure and organisation. And if I'm good at anything, that's one of the things I'm good at. Um, But these these little toy soldiers didn't have any of that. It was very chaotic. Um, And my father was a police officer, um, and we went over to another police officer's house for a barbecue dinner one night. I was probably, I don't know, maybe 14 at the time. And this officer played war games. And in their spare room, I saw a map on a table and stacks of counters. And it might have been something like an old um, strategy and tactics, Pens Group Guderian or Operation Typhoon, one of those sort of things. And I looked at it and I said, what is that? <laughs> and he told me and I thought, here it is. I have found the thing that I have to do to bring order to these you know, battles. But my my (laughs) being a teenager, everything was attacked. Everyone attacks all the time. There are no defensive battles. Um, So even though I like history, I I couldn't apply it to the the game. Um, But he's, the the other police officer saw, I like that kind of thing. And he gave me um, a copy of Strategy and Tactics issue 100, which was a a NATO Warsaw Pact game. He he said, here, this is a spare. You might like this kind of thing. And I did. I loved it. Um, And so I had a few games with him because he was a family friend. And I was really frustrated at all the supply rules. I was always getting surrounded and out of supply because I was always attacking. (laughs) Because that's what you do. And um, after a while, he's like, oh, look, I've got this other game. You might like it. And I've still got it on the shelf behind me. And it was squad leader. He said, you might like this one. There aren't any supply rules. And I love the tactical element to it. And so after mucking around with that for a bit, I found out about ASL um, and I've been playing for 30 years now. Love it that's fantastic and you so look what,
3: awfully young to have been playing for 30 years
2: <laughs> well i haven't played well for 30 years i've just played for 30 years yeah I, we still don't play well
1: <laughs> now usually when we talk to somebody they'll say they got into wargaming uh, at an early age like you did and then they yeah. left for 20 years or 25 years to have kids and raise a family and stuff and now they're getting back to the game or whatever whatever it might be, did you have one of those big dropouts or have you been pretty constant at it this whole time?
2: No, I, I had one year where I didn't play a game, but only one year. And that was basically because my regular opponent moved overseas mm. um, and then you moved back and we are off again. But I've played close to 900 games. I wanted to hit 1,000 games before I turned 50, but that's in December. And I'm not going to get there, but at least I've tried.
3: Yeah, I think I'm on thirteen something now, Jeff. We haven't updated that for a while.
1: Well, all those games that you played with, uh, where you played one of the rules incorrectly, those don't count.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm at zero then?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, uh, somewhere along the line, you found a gaming group to to be with.
2: Yeah. So, it, um, where I lived. Um, Outside of Sydney, it took quite a while to get into Sydney to um, the the Paddington Bears Club, uh, which is fairly well known. Mm -hmm. Um, And of most of my working career, I've been a shift worker, so I haven't always had that correct day or the correct hour of the day to be able to get to the club. Um, So I played a lot of um, email games back when... Back before Vassal, when you'd set up the board on the table next to the computer and you'd type in your moves, hit enter 10 times so that the opponent couldn't see and there'd be reaction time. And then you type in the next text that that unit goes to and back and forth and back and forth. Um, So that was long and tedious, but, you know, it was a way of playing the game. Um, And now I've probably played more Vassal than anything else. Some live, some email. but You know, ASL in general has brought me in contact with people all over the world, and that's one of the great things about it.
1: Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. Indeed, yeah. And then uh, at some point, um, did you you let the other games go, any of the other games that you were playing that you had been playing, or do you dabble, or is it all all ASL now?
2: Well, I I did um, give all my non-ASL games to the... um, the family friend who sort of introduced me to wargaming. And that concerned him a bit. But I said, no, no, I'm keeping all my ASL. Don't worry about that. Um, And then about 10 years ago, I started getting into those games a little bit more again. So I do play some of the um, strategy and tactics um, magazine games, usually from, I guess, the the early 80s, late 70s. So Kharkov. Uh, Sicily, Race for Messina those sort of games Um, but I also play some modern ones like the SCS series Um, basically if you put Normandy on a game I'll have a serious look at it
3: yeah (laughs) Mm. and you had a local store, game store you said you played at
2: Uh, yeah that's where we play they don't stock war games as such so there's a a lot of um, card games, a lot of Warhammer uh, that kind of things, you know, paints for miniatures, yeah. terrain, um, but not ASL. And then are you still modelling at all? I've never been a model. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I've i seen the, the level of detail that people are able to achieve yeah. with models and that that is totally beyond my skill level. Um, so the few that I've got on the shelves now are the pre-assembled pre-painted ones nice and simple
3: yeah yeah I still paint a ton of mini miniatures as you probably know from listening but when I entered one in the contest at Gen Con the the first day it was just a few other entries in there and Jeff and I thought oh mine looks pretty good and by the next day all the professionals had put their painted stuff in there oh so that's, <laughs> i i gave up trying to become a master painter i'm like i'm what do i paint for my enjoyment and to game so absolutely i don't have to win any contest i don't have to put seven layers of highlighting on it too mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks yeah, and then good. all the
2: weathering and everything else yeah. that goes into it
3: yeah yeah crazy crazy stuff but
2: and,
3: and so then, oh go ahead jeff or?
1: i was just going to ask if you have uh, been, uh any schooling and formal schooling in history?
2: Um, I've always loved history. Um, I've always been a, a big reader, always owned lots of books, no matter what. Um, and I, I did, uh, when I was a, a police officer, I had to do a, a bachelor's to get a, a promotion. And I thought, well, now I've got a bachelor's, how about I do something that I want to do, not that I have to do. And I saw an advertisement for a Masters in Military History um, in the magazine of the Australian War Memorial. And I thought, right, I've been reading all these books for so many years, I think I know a lot about it, but how about I test myself properly um, against a professional, so to speak? Um, and so I signed up to the Masters, got accepted, um, even though I didn't have a, a base history degree, And um, I got my master's in military history. So I was very happy with that. Um, It was run through our Defense Academy here in Canberra. um, And I ran it by correspondence because I've never been in the military. So I I wasn't in classes with all the people in uniform who were doing the same course. Um, But yeah, I I loved it. Um, It was quite expensive. So lucky that I loved it. Yeah. but, yeah, I was very proud to, to achieve that. That's fantastic. It
3: is, indeed. And,
2: and of course, then you became uh, author. Yeah, I wrote uh, two books. One of, well, the first one was about uh, an Australian Spitfire Squadron that served in Normandy. And most people don't know about the Australian contribution to Normandy. I'd read a lot about Normandy, and I hadn't heard of these um particular fellows, it was 453 squadron, they flew Spitfires, and I thought, well, if I don't know about them, and that's a little bit arrogant, then maybe no one else does either, yeah. so how about I write a book? And I did. Um, and actually, this coming weekend, um, I'm going to visit that squadron, they, they exist currently, um, to give a, a presentation at an officer's dinner. Oh,
1: wow, very,
3: very They've good. invited
2: me down.
1: So they exist currently as a modern squadron
2: yeah they're okay. they're not a fighter squadron anymore oh i see um, because obviously during wartime air force expands and you have more of certain things than others um they're i guess in civilian terms they're air traffic controllers now but a, a squadron is just a, a way of organizing the air force into groups I guess
1: yeah you could okay say. yeah so and we're just at a time it seems like when uh Obviously, the World War II uh, veterans are becoming harder and harder to find. But were you able to track down and interview uh, anybody from the the squadron? Uh,
2: From that squadron, no. Um, By the time I'd had the idea to write it, they were all gone. Um, But I was able to find a lot of family members. And one of the, the best parts of the writing experience was to meet the different members of the families um, and for them to share their photos and the documents that they would kept that belonged to their father or their grandfather and a, a few of them actually said adam if dad was here today he would have loved to have talked to you and as a just a guy who wrote a book that that really means a lot that's very special to me
3: what was uh, yeah. the most challenging parts of that writing, researching?
2: Um, well, since I had a, a policing background, the I treated it like an investigation. So each document or each source of information, whether it was a photo or or written record, to me, was a witness. And you, you challenge the witnesses. Does this statement here match this one here? Does it contradict it? Does it support it? Is it a little bit different? Um, so testing the different um, information sources against each other um, was a bit of a challenge. But also, some people try and help, and unfortunately, what they're trying to tell you is incorrect. And I had one person uh, sent me an email to say, um, here is a picture of the Spitfire that my dad flew during the Battle of Britain. Unfortunately, the Battle of Britain occurred in 1940. Their father arrived in the UK in 1942. And the Spitfire that was in the photo was built in 1944. So as much as they believed what they had told me to be true, none of it was. So trying to to gently educate people and say, actually... Yeah. Um that can be a real challenge because they are trying to help you and support you in your work. And you know, they will tell friends, oh, hey, you know, there's a a fellow named Adam, he's writing a book with my grandfather in it, whatever. Um to sort of let that person down in a a kind way and sort of educate them at the same time can be a a real challenge Mm -hmm. because it's not like they'd come to me um boasting of something they thought they were being helpful so yeah and they're to do it the right way to maintain their support
3: yeah they're not even deliberately trying to deceive you at all oh no not at all yeah
2: i've had that but not this oh yeah you have had that Yeah. yeah so people like to tell stories and think that their relative was the greatest and that kind of thing um and i've had people tell me stories with them not knowing that i'd actually read the historical record and i just let them tell their story and said okay thanks that was very interesting knowing the whole time that what they said was wrong but i'm not really counting them amongst my greatest supporters so not a loss to me
3: yeah interesting you think they're just trying well like people yeah
1: who knows who knows (laughs) even what what motivates people
3: yeah even at school you'd you'd find like a an employee that you always knew was kind of telling a tall tale a little bit oh you yeah. know and i always was like why, why does this person do that so much you know i mean i know i have like embellished a story because it's funny and then you're telling it and <laughs> it's like you exaggerate a little so then i told him this and then you're like well actually i didn't tell him that i later on i thought <laughs> i, I should have told him that yeah. And I don't, I don't know why I'm lying about that right now. <laughs> I could just say, I wish I thought of saying this, you know, To Jeff keeps telling people that he's won all the ASL tournaments, but everyone knows
1: he is not. Because Who's going to ask? There nobody's are records. Gonna, nobody's <laughs> going to challenge me on that one. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. He only tells non-gamers that, that information.
2: Oh, of course. So, so what, of what, course.
1: speaking of tournaments, what's the tournament, tournament scene like? down there
2: um it well naturally it it dropped off during covid but it's slowly coming back um so there was one in melbourne around anzac day which is april um and cancon would be our biggest one in january but cancon is a a multi-game event so whether it's warhammer whether it's Settlers of Catan or some other role playing game or ASL, it's a a massive event. So ASL is just a very small part of that, but it's there. Did you attend those? Um, I went to CanCon once, Um, no fault of the ASL organizers, but at the time it was basically a big hot shed um, because there's a a metal structure in Australia in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, with to me at least inadequate air conditioning <laughs> um, apparently it's improved over the years um, so I, I went to that once I went to uh, Paddington a couple of times when I live closer to Sydney um, but I've been to Cleveland for Oktoberfest I think six or seven times now and that that really is the place to be for ASL
1: yeah right and uh, so Tell us about uh, ASL. What do you like to play? What do you what do you like to read to? I, I just want to mention, I started reading a book called Invasion Rabal. Is that how it's pronounced? Rabal? Yeah. Okay. It's not Invasion Rabal by Bruce. What is his name? Ah, Bruce G- 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 Gamble. Are you familiar with this trilogy?
2: Oh, I don't know that one. Um, oh, I've got okay. it's a, a few three books, related by books.
1: Bruce, Bruce Gamble, and it's uh, mm-hmm. about about the uh, Lark Force, the forgotten garrison on Rabal, or at yeah, Ribal. they
2: didn't fare so well.
1: No, it, it's, um, it I just started the first book, and it is really it's very very interesting. But I just I want to say I know very little about. Australia's participation in World War, well, not very little, but not enough about it, you know. So I uh, started to to bone up on it a little bit, just to just because I knew we were going to have this discussion. So what well, that, what do you like that, to? What have you liked to read?
2: Well, I, most of what I read, I mean. A lot of ASL players have a lot of books. So me saying I've got a lot of books doesn't make me unique amongst ASL players. Yeah. Um, but most of what I read is Second World War. Um, I just finished uh, history of the US 92nd Infantry Division the other week. Um, and they were the or well, I think one of the two only African American divisions in the war. And they they spent most of their time in Italy. Right. Um, But towards the end of the war, they weren't even only african Americans because they switched out some regiments um, because of the perceived performance issue. Uh, That was very interesting. So I got some um, scenario outlines from that book and uh, I just grab off the shelf whatever interests me at the time or whatever might build on something I've just finished and I read that. But otherwise... Um, I like the old classics like Jules Verne um, oh. or, or Star Wars novels. I've got a lot of Star Wars novels.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I, th- I thought I saw a, a Mandalorian helmet behind you. Is that what I are seeing on the bookshelf? Oh,
2: yes. Or so Boba. That's, uh, that's a Boba Fett helmet. That's Boba. Um, oh, yeah, Boba. I do have a life-size one that I can wear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've had uh, some of the actors sign it, which was very nice. Yeah, Oh, Um, but it's really no good for um, using the computer. You've got no peripheral vision. So, yeah, (laughs) it's terrible, (laughs) but it looks good. I'll bet.
1: So uh, have you uh, designed ASL scenarios? Is that what you implied?
2: Yeah, so MNP have published two, um, and one of them was in a, a journal. One was in an operations magazine. What were the titles um, of them? Yeah, so uh, J155, I think it was, um, was called It's Hardly Fair. And that actually got a, a mention on one of your episodes. And I, I put a, a star on the episode and a note in the spreadsheet so that I know um, that got a mention. And the, the people who played it liked it. So that that's always the positive. Um, and I have had three published with Dispatches from the Bunker. And they've just released a, a best of bunker pack as a PDF, and one of those was in that as well. So that was um, a good feeling.
1: And what uh, actions did you pick for that one, or for those?
2: Um, so the dispatches from the bunker pack um, are three scenarios revolving around uh, the British seventy eighth Division in tomoli on the. Northeastern coast of Italy, sort of towards the Yugoslavia side. Um, One from the journal was uh, on the fringes of Market Garden, and the one in Operations Magazine uh, that was in Italy as well. But I'm I'm working on a scenario pack with a friend from New Zealand, um, Carl Nagera, who you know quite well. Oh, yeah. He's, he's our project manager. So we're running a, a two-stage process where Dale, um, my friend in New Zealand, um, we will design and play test the scenarios to a certain point. And then we'll hand them over to Carl, um, and he'll, he'll run through a, a second round and then give us the, the final product. Say, hey, is this all right? We'll say yes or no, or change this word, or you missed this or that. Very rare with Carl for that to happen. Um, and hopefully, maybe halfway through or the end of next year, we'll have a, a pack out.
3: Who's going to publish that? Do you know yet? or
2: um, That's through Carl and the, the Yankee ASL group.
3: Yes. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be a PDF pack. Uh, no maps, no counters, just scenarios that, the way, I guess, it used to be done. Mhm. Um, because we're just two guys with some ideas who want to design scenarios that are fun to play, um, and you know, we'll let all the you know MNP and Bounding Fire and LFT, all the rest, do the maps and counters.
3: Yeah, and at some
2: point, they do a good enough job.
3: Yeah, and and I don't know how many more maps I need. <laughs> yeah. Although those LFT Desert ones were good. Jeff, that's the show we recorded and didn't have the audio. So we will get to that after after we put your show up on the air. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Those uh Steve Swan had some really neat stuff in there, but indeed. Yeah, and
2: Steve's working on a lot of stuff. I listened to that episode. Yeah. There's so so much. Yes. I think we might have to clone him.
3: Yeah, I think we'll have to have him back on, Jeff,
2: probably after we
3: cover those boards and stuff. Yeah, definitely. Oh. So did you uh, did you play the um, the Reef Tarawa game on Vassal?
2: Yes, um, I think for for counter density and fumbling fingers, Vassal is the way to go for the um, Blood Reef Tarawa campaign. We played campaign three, and when I listened to your episode, hey. and I can't remember who was on each side, but one side hey. did did the whole Japanese setup. And then the other side did the bombardment, and the Japanese surrendered. And that first that really that that really broke my ASL heart because yeah, there was so much effort. That was
3: just
0: yes. game. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yes, that's right. And they had they had forgotten, and now I've forgotten what rule they or what setup rule that they had missed, and so they were very ex, way more exposed, I think, than they had intended to be. Um, but it was it was pretty shocking that after of uh, whatever it was hour and a half of initial bombardment, maybe a couple hours that they just said, "Oh, we did that wrong." Yeah, and we said, "Well, do you want you want to reset it?" No, no. Let's and they just started putting it away, just like I, I saw it <laughs> melting away right before my eyes. I couldn't believe it.
2: it yeah, it, w- <laughs> My my friend and I in New Zealand, Daryl, a different New Zealand friend. Had talked about it for a while and he wanted to have a go. And I thought, all right, well, if you're prepared to do the setup, I'll attack. Um, and he did. And I, I calculated it was about 75 hours worth of gaming we got out of it. Wow. And that was all, all on vassal, all live. Um, and tell you what, that the Americans do have some personal morale checks to take in that. Because, you know, hit, kill, hit, kill, hit, kill, there go your yeah, LVTs. Yes. That, that that can be a, a a real shock to the system. But yes. we got through about four campaign days. And then I hit the, the CVP cap as the Americans. The Japanese didn't have a lot left, but, you know, that, that's just the, the way it went. It was a, a hard-fought battle. Um in, in ASL terms and real terms, not to make light of that. Well, yeah, yeah
1: that's
3: um,
2: but yeah, a, a very um enjoyable sort of bucket list item as far as ASL goes.
3: And then you uh got onto the land and everything too, right? And fought up yep. inland and
2: yeah, so i I'd nearly cut the island in two, but I'd come sort of either side of the, the pier, but I'd Um, been more successful on the the top side of the pier rather than the bottom. Um, Then my reinforcements came in from the top and I was pushing down quite well and almost cut across the middle, Um, but those uh, anti-tank guns were a a three-rate of fire. They are um, very deadly against those LVTs crawling Mm -hmm. through the water.
1: Yeah. And so... um... 75 hours, that's considerable, but would you play it again?
2: I I think it's worth um, another go. Um, Uh, Certainly, you're you're young. (laughs) The the, the amount of effort that goes into it. But having said that, there is so much to play now. And there are so Uh many for us to look forward to that people are talking about. And this has been in the works and that's in the works. And even if you think about something like uh, Festung Budapest, I think it was 10 years worth of work to get that product. Um, You know, all the people producing these things is putting so much time and effort into it. To not play it, um, it is almost a disservice to their effort.
0: Yes.
1: And uh, when, when something gets released from MMP, how long does it take to get to Australia to where you get it in your hands?
2: Well, um, because of shipping, um, and this is pre-COVID as well, I I wait until there are a few products and then I'll, I'll buy a couple to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, for each product you buy, you're paying the equivalent in shipping, if not more. Okay. So you, yeah. you've got to make it sort of economical. So you order it directly from MMP? Um, no, usually, well, pre-COVID it was Gamers Armoury okay. because I could get MMP, I could LFT, Schwerpunkt, you know, a few scenario packs. I've gone through Ritterkrieg as well, if you want to ding the bell. Um, Ritterkrieg oh. was um, always very good.
1: <laughs> always very um, good, yeah. He's on, no longer I'm... a sponsor, but we'll ring the bell. Oh, well, we great.
2: certainly
3: will
1: because he was a he's a very good guy
3: do you have the bell yeah. there jeff mine's still in the other room every show <laughs> we're like ring the bell and now we're in oh, my house, house. It, Dave. and Dave? am hard? oh it's still in the other room oh it's still yeah. in
2: you the can, other room you can add a sound effect later yeah that is
0: yeah
2: yeah so i just go wherever the best deal is at the time for the products that i want that usually works
1: well we would encourage you to as long as we're talking about sponsors we would encourage you to try out Bounty fire productions if you haven't if you uh order anything from bounty fire productions tell them the two half squad sent you and they'll send it to you free anywhere in the world and no just no kidding. no yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh dave and i are still playing through operation neptune so we'll be covering another one of okay. those
1: games soon
3: they're excellent yeah, i've products. got
2: a few bfp games going at the moment they, they make good stuff
3: and then you like the historical stuff did you travel also i think i'm going to europe in the spring so this is my chance to maybe get to normandy uh my son's in spain Yep. so my for a year so we'll do the spring visit and my wife's pointing out um we, maybe you want to jump into europe while you can still walk dave <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> nice. i missed, i thought of taking my dad of course and then by the time i said we should seriously get some tickets and go my dad said, dave i can't I can't get on and off these buses and go walking all these you know places anymore so well i could push in a chair or something <laughs> but he said i'm just
2: too tired now
3: you know so yeah. i kind of i regret that but i think we're going to do it in the spring what kind of travel have you done
2: well um my wife has been very supportive of my hobbies um cuz i only have a couple i'm very much a, a love it or leave it sort of person so and obviously asl i love it um so in cleveland one year i met Uh, a mate from New Zealand, Daryl. I hadn't met him before, but for whatever reason, we we paired up and had a game in Cleveland. And that was about 2003. Um, And because we're a similar time zones, we've been playing ever since. So he's been a friend for 20 years, all because I went to Cleveland and met him at Oktoberfest. So Oktoberfest has been really good to me. Um, Because it's a long way for us to go there, uh, sometimes he'll come here for four or five days. It's only a couple of hours flight, um, or I'll go to his house, and we'll have a, a two man Oktoberfest. Whether you know, it doesn't have to be in October, but we might play eight, ten scenarios, or you know, a, a game from strategy and tactics, a game of Second Fleet, and a bit of ASL. And you know, we've had um, a, a lot of games. Probably twenty five percent of where I've played is against Daryl, um, he usually wins two thirds of all games, <laughs> but hey, we're good mates and, and in the end that doesn't really matter. No, right. Um, but we have had some international adventures together because we're, we're both nerds, we both love books and you know going to battlefields and that sort of thing. So uh, we went to the Solomons a few years ago, we did a, a battlefield tour there with a, a company Um, So we went to to Guadalcanal. Um, We had a a boat over to Gavutu Tanambogo, which is now in Rising Sun. Um, And we we posed on the wharf uh, of Gavutu Tanambogo with Dan Dolan's map and um, sent that to Chaz. And they put that in, I think, Journal 10.
3: Yeah,
2: right. Journal 10.
3: Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah. So we're just a, a couple of nerds um, having a good time overseas, and you know our wives know we're not getting drunk and chasing women because we're looking at bunkers, we're looking at tanks, we're yeah. you know saying, oh, that, that this building here is actually this on the Camp Group Piper map, and you know, so we've been to to Normandy, to Arnhem, Goral Canal, like I've said, we've driven the the Group Piper route from Germany through Belgium. Um, wow. Uh, a Dutch friend Henny he's come over to spend some time with us and you know we'll have the KGp maps and I'll take I'll always got a, a little notebook so I can write you know this next photo will be hex k12 viewed from hex h13 and then take the photo because when you get home, it'd just be a bunch of photos of buildings. But because I make all those little notes, I can say, all right, this is definitely this building from this angle. And, you know, this is what this looks like. And this is how steep this level one hill is and all that kind of thing. And it it really brings to life um, what you're seeing on a piece of paper. And it's a great experience and a, a great way to share friendship and ASL and you know, whatever else comes from that.
1: Are there, uh, do you have any plans for the next venture somewhere?
2: Um, I do, <laughs> I've actually spent the last week um, planning a trip to Italy. That probably won't happen for a couple of years yet, but what I want to do is arrive in Rome, um, then go down the coast from Anzio to Salono, down to Messina on Sicily, around Sicily, And then back up uh, across the the sole of the boot, so to speak, to Taranto, then up to to Tamoli, where my scenario designs occurred, um, to Altona, which is a module Mm
1: -hmm. that may or may
2: not be out by that time. Across through the middle, past Monte Cassino, back to Rome, and then home. And that's probably about two and a half weeks. Um, Daryl's very keen to go as well, so... If if that occurs in a couple of years, then we've got time to save for it.
1: And uh, you may not realize this, but there are things other than World War II sites to see in Italy. <laughs> you may want to make that three weeks instead The Colosseum,
3: <laughs> the Michelangelo's. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. of those
2: things.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: L- Laura, my wife, suggesting we get on that Europe thing soon. Um, she was like, Well, Germany, right? Because I'm Kleinschmidt German and in mm-hmm. the war stuff. But I I she said, So you want to get to Germany? I said, well, actually, Italy too. And then she's like, What? Italy? What why? You know, and I think my daughter was there when she goes, Well, mom, remember Dave loves Romans. <laughs> he loves ancient Romans. <laughs> he has miniature armies yeah. of Romans. He has a whole outfit of Romans that i have that i would wear at this bethlehem marketplace thing at church you know the full-blown gear and and i play the chariot race game (laughs) yeah and then i'm an art historian in a way right i went through art school Mm -hmm. so there's all the all of that going on and then you got the vatican stuff (laughs) yeah
2: So there certainly is a lot
3: a lot of things to do
2: well if, if i ever win lottery I'll take an extra week. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's so much to do. And, you know, having friends who are interested in that, in a a general historical sense, but also in an ASL sense, is just a a great way to spend time with your friends. And I'm lucky that, you know, my wife supports, um, you know, my interest in, you know, saying it's okay to go to Cleveland and play games for 10 days. Um, you know, going to Normandy and getting up at two in the morning so you can be on the beach at half past three to see the sunrise on the 6th of June and things like that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, you know, what greater support could I have for my hobby?
3: Yeah, that's very, very true. So the um, – anything else about ASL? Like you prefer the style of playing or um... – you like to defend? or You do like the historicals.
2: Yes, I, I certainly do like the historicals. Um, I, I guess, well, I'll declare right now <laughs> that I win about 40% of the time. Because obviously there are people who win a lot, and for everyone who wins a lot, there's got to be someone who loses to them. <laughs> That's me. That person is me. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, but... isn't how often I have a good time. Because I would say 95% is how often I have a good time. And that really is the importance. Um, Because ASL, whether it's face-to-face across a table or live on Vassal or whatever else, it's a a social interaction, it's a social experience. Um, And, you know, going to Cleveland has, you know, helped me meet people from all over. You might have a game and then you go out to dinner, you know, four or five people you've never met before, you all go out to dinner. By the end of dinner, you're best mates. Um, so it, it really is good um, from that, that point of view. Um, as far as style of play, I would describe my style as too much Montgomery, not enough pattern. So I'm always waiting for air support I don't have or extra artillery that isn't on the scenario card. And then I'll line everyone up and, oh, hang on, I should have done that two turns ago and now I've lost. Uh, Yeah, running Um, out um, of time. Yeah, so I I need to be more aggressive and I'm aware of that. Um, Sometimes I will just charge a a tank through uh, or run an armored car around and then suddenly the other side can't retreat because they've got line of sight to an enemy unit and they're stuck in place. So then I can get in. Um, and, and close with them more effectively. Um, but it, it's something that I have to overcome, and I have to overcome it each time. But that that's just me and how I play. But I have a good time, and tonight when I go to the local club, win or lose, 95% chance I'll have a good time, and that's what it's all about.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I remember one time I got actually angry and i apologized to my opponent cuz he's a good friend and i was like you know yeah i'm i'm sorry i'm actually angry <laughs> and that means i'm being a jerk <laughs> you know <laughs> but I, I i let this game get to me and so that pretty sure has only happened out of the 1300 plus games i think really just that one time other times like dave timmin and i will be playing these uh, bounding fire games and then you know He'll be frustrated. He gave one up just in turn one or turn two last time we played because I went right through his minefields. Nobody broke, right? I rolled five for all the morale checks, (laughs) and then I hit the wire, and, of course, I rolled under it right away. So you watch that nice defensive line stop nobody on your right flank. and then I'm up into his big mortars, you know, the 80, what is 85s? and I'm jumping in there, knocking him out and stuff. And, and the left side too, I hit, I hit his dummies and blew through and, and it, there's still a long way to go, but he was just like, ah, you know, I'm, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Is that okay if I'm done? And I'm like, that's okay. Cause we, I'll <laughs> yeah. take the win and I get, we got the next one coming, which is the attack on the other side of, um, yep. operation Neptune, you know, I uh, forget the city that is, but crossing the river there um so yeah, let's just go to the next one <laughs> but he goes on no, but i really had fun you know i go no i can tell you're not mad you're frustrated but you're i can tell you you had fun you know we, we always yeah.
2: do and i mean asl with you know the heat of battle rules and you don't have absolute control over everything that happens and then you add the dice into that you don't you know you might form a perfect fire group to take out a unit and if you get that unit broken or eliminated that opens the flank and away you go and it doesn't happen and that's just part of the chaos of battle whether you know it's a real life situation with a real battle or you know playing with cardboard like we do Um, and sometimes you just have to laugh And it can be absolute chaos and you might be trash talking with your best mate, oh, you know, these guys are yours, they're going to be my prisoners in a minute and all that sort of thing. And none of it happens and you just have to (laughs)
0: laugh.
2: I had a game in the last 12 months where it was a game on Vassal. One squad on Daryl's side created three heroes. Wow! Surely there must be a half squad by now. (laughs) right
3: there's only so many people in there
2: absolutely i was like where are these people coming from that's not fair (laughs) but you know that's all part of the back and forth that that creates the life around the the game and i remember one year in cleveland i was playing against my dutch mate henny he's been a, a friend for probably over 20 years now he had a broken German conscript half-squad on a hill, and I had a T-34. I thought, right, I'm going to overrun these guys. <laughs> Can't possibly fail. To Hell. win, they'll they'll break. They'll be off the board, one less unit to worry about. I do an overrun. It's a morale check of some sort. He gets a of battle, so he rallies. And then he pulls out a Panzerfaust and blows him a tank up. Oh yeah, Germans <laughs> Where's where's the <laughs> logic in that? That wasn't supposed to happen, but of course, it's ASL and it can happen. And it can so happen. What you do is both? Yeah, you sit there and you laugh because yeah. it, it's a game and it's a, a social experience. You're spending time with friends. That's what it's about.
3: Yeah, it's the gaming thing. My wife realized very early was we had friends' wives would ask her. Is Dave having another game night? Because like, my husband doesn't go out. <laughs> you know, he just comes home, works, comes home, watches a little news, whatever, goes to bed, works, comes home, and she. Some of the wives are like, "I want him to get out and be with friends." You know, hmm. so it's just great for that, indeed. Well, but wrapping up here, I guess. Do you? Um, well, Adam. Before that, do you? I see you have a Jets football outfit on new york
0: jets
3: oh yes do you know Um,
2: there's a a little story that goes with that yeah Um, we we're on a trip to the u.s and i wanted to see an american football game so let's go we're staying in new york so fine i'm a jets fan so i went and bought some jets gear and they lost to the philadelphia eagles (laughs) since that day it should be the other way around, but I have disliked the Philadelphia Eagles and love the Jets. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's how it can happen.
2: Yeah. yeah, um, getting- But yeah, for a sport, for me, I like American football. It's a little bit ASL in that you can set up for what you think will be a perfect execution. Um, but, you know, the other side does one thing, um, destroys your plan, and you've got to try something else next time.
3: And now Aaron Rodgers, my hate, hated quarterback. I think he's with the Jets. I think they're playing he tonight. Is, yeah, I think they're and playing right now. As Well,
2: so hopefully you know, you'll do better this season.
3: No, the Bears are not going to. It was horrendous to watch the first Bears game. Sorry to bore you, Jeff.
1: Yeah, I was. I I knew there was a game yesterday. That's a that's a start. <laughs> oh, was once a they didn't play at play at noon on. Uh, on the first game of the season. Normally they do. But I yes. know yesterday they played after the game. That's awesome. Yes, I know. indeed. Yep. Yeah. So, should we wrap it up then, gentlemen? Yeah, I guess so. uh Adam, is there yeah. anything else you'd like to say or any or shout outs to anybody? or uh...
2: Well, I'd like to shout out to you guys because I've been listening from episode number one. I've loved ASL all this time. You've helped maintain that enthusiasm, you've spread the enthusiasm. You educate people, you entertain people, you share some of yourselves as well. Um, ASL has given me a lot through you know, friendship and gaming and holidays and whatever else. Um, so thank you to both um, for providing us with all the, the additional love around ASL and whether or not someone wants to meet you on their website, Um, I think is a disservice. (laughs) Say no more. You have been listening a long time.
1: (laughs) Say no more. (laughs) Well, that's very nice. Thank you for that. It
2: is.
3: And actually, it is because there's a lot of times we, as we've said on the air before, you kind of feel you're in isolation. And then you see what everyone else is now doing on YouTube, and you're like, boy, they're just amazing, you know. And then that makes you question what you do. But I think what we do is kind of like this the conversation and having great guests like you on and we've been so blessed with all these guys coming on the show
2: well to me you're the original and best
3: well thank you thank you we did get in a little early because we're so old
2: (laughs) we
1: appreciate you being on and if you can pass on the invitation you know if you know any uh that would like to be on the show even if they just want to come on for 10 minutes or somebody wants to come on and promote their well like tournament uh, or something yeah um, like
3: maybe the people in charge of the gaming clubs too would be good to talk to there so yeah if you're yeah. all listening let I'll mention let it know. Tonight.
1: okay yes that'd be great yeah so thanks again and we hope that you will continue to roll low and rally, and rally well, well
3: but, not, not, when when you're but not when you're playing
1: us. us that's right lads
3: bye-bye everybody thanks thank you for very so here much in for the me. it's been great it's, it yeah, has been great, you. great. Mm-hmm. thank you